It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, welcome in. Uh, you uh, you brought the rain again uh, last I, night. Maybe. I don't know if it, it did or rained, it didn't. It rained at my house. And I have a sound machine, so sometimes I even doubt myself. But it uh, it did rain at my house. You know, I've never used a sound machine. We've got one for Raleigh. And uh, I will tell you, I was not a fan because I'm a real like like a quiet guy. I thought, and then the sound machine, like it's good. You know, the kid was in there with us. So we're sleeping, no no big deal. He goes to his room, takes the sound machine with him, and I'm looking around, going, I can't go to sleep. I use a fan. Uh, see, every like I don't know if I sleep with my mouth open or what. Like this is information people really need to know. Huh? But uh, I don't know if I sleep with my mouth open or not. But every time I use a fan, like I wake up with a sore throat terrible thing i think that's the case good well that's fixed i'll just take my mouth (laughs) have you heard those people that'll literally tell you that like straight faced well you just need to tape your mouth shut and i'm like are you listening to yourself right now yeah i don't do you hear what's coming that's not a very viable option hey but speaking of you bringing the rain and speaking of, of of it being tuesday you know it's national junk food day no i did not know that you know now you know now like it made me think, you know, and, and it's weird when people say, like, it's National Hot Dog Day or National Junk Food Day or National, you know, Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. I, I don't know. I'm always like, is that kind of my thing or is that not my thing? Like, National Donut Day. I'm like, do I really like donuts. I mean, I like a good donut, but I don't want to say that I'm, like, fiending for a donut. Like, I don't – that. but junk food, I think that's a gamut that's, like, a big – that's broad. Yeah, that that's – I mean – I, I essentially could classify anything not healthy as junk food. I mean, that's that's pretty broad. So, so given that it's National Junk Food Day, what's your go-to junk food? I mean, if we're if we're just classifying it as anything that is not healthy for you, I, yeah. I mean, I feel like we're pretty raw in this in this grading scale. But yeah, whatever probably like, like what is something that like the way i'm giving mine mine is is something that like it's hard for me to say no to if it's available and there's not like you're not having one and putting it back down mm. that's tough probably hot dogs really yeah A little joey chestnut action just can't have one no oh they're that's just how it is i mean i really like hot dogs i was thinking more like chex mix or beef jerky yeah, because both of those, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. And I purposely get one piece out, eat it, and then zip the bag. And then you're like, five minutes later, you're like. Yeah, but the thing is, like, if if you're after, like, protein, though, beef jerky's not really bad for you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Hey, but it's my scale. 
No. That's true. Because <laughs> junk food is so, like, because it's uh, it's like t- potato chips or like Pringles. Yeah. Like, you ever, like, think you didn't eat a lot of Pringles, then you look down the can and two-thirds of it's, it's like, gone? Oh, I can't get my hand in there anymore. Oh, I can. I, I'm, I guess I, I ate one too many. I've got a scar on both sides of my hand from how it, like, crunches down to get in there. They, they need to change the shape of that can, make it where you can get your hand in them. Get them Walmart stacks. Yeah. 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 It's like it's like ninety eight cents for for the stacks and a dollar four for the Pringles. I'm like, it, if you're that tight, just don't get them. Yeah. Just don't get them. But anyway, anyway, National Junk Food Day. But but a lot of good stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about NASCAR at Texas. Uh, the Silver Spoon Kid got him a victory. Uh, RCR finishes one and two. I think that's a that's a monumental moment for that for that team for that for that clubhouse, if you will. Um, 46 days till it's football time in Tennessee. And today, or last night, they announced, probably into today, probably around midnight, that uh, the Board of Controls, the TSSAA Board of Controls, will make a decision on uh, a contingency plan for fall sports. They continue to call it that as they hopes, as there's hopes to get this thing off on a regular schedule. But uh, Tennessee is getting surrounded by states, conferences, and divisions of things that that are just uh, not willing to go back and play football. So it's I think it's putting pressure on the state. I think it's putting pressure on the on the southeastern conference and what that looks like. Uh, and it's just a conversation that's kind of the forefront of what we're doing right now. So it's it's a matter of whether we're going to do what we're going to do right now. Because as we see it, uh, baseball's getting back to to, to regular somewhat uh, there uh, Thursday. NHL uh, goes to their hub cities this Sunday, and then I think the following week the NBA uh, will will kind of do some of their warm up games, if you will, in their bubble, which their the, bubble's working. The bubble. I feel like uh, LeBron James called it uh, uh, AAU for adults, and I was like, kind of makes sense. Yeah, kind of makes sense. But anyway, uh, pretty good show today. Uh, totally side railed by uh, National Junk Food Day because I just think every day is a national something something day. At this Probably point. there. Yeah, it, it, we need a calendar that lays it all out for us. I think that's a good idea. We could probably. Yeah, we could probably. There probably Google. is one. Yeah. We could probably Google it. I don't think it. You know, there's one they put on the refrigerator, but I think there's probably a Google one you could keep up with. But uh, but Austin Dillon gets the victory at Texas. Uh, Texas is one of those tracks that I don't know why, but it, it's another one of those forgotten tracks for me. Like I know Texas has a racetrack, but it just doesn't have the historic flair that a lot of tracks have. I always, for some reason, I always feel like Texas is bigger than it is. Like I always thought Texas was a two mile track or something like that, and it's not. It's just it's a little little mile and a half guy. And but I mean it's really nice, and and it's and it's one of those deals where when they pan out from it, it looks big. Yeah, but it's just really not. No, but I, I you know it's always going to be kind of close to to my fandom just because that's where Dale Junior won his first race. Uh, you, you know, there's a lot of decent history there it's cool because you get the cowboy hat you shoot the six shooters yeah i always like uh, that part there's of it. flames you know flames are always cool uh but like i just don't look at it as oh man he's really good there that means he's good at a lot of these other tracks texas is kind of its own thing honestly i know more about texas from like when f1 and indy you know try to mm-hmm. make schedules and, and run on it than than a lot of other things so uh texas was a good track though i thought it, it brought some pretty good uh, pretty good racing. 
I think they're they're a little going overboard with the traction compound. If the track's that bad and you can't get traction, then we need to do something about the track. But nonetheless, that's the buzzword. Uh, I think was it you said last week that could be a drinking game. Yeah, I think that's totally true because it's like everybody works that uh, works that that buzzword, traction compound. Oh, and by the way, uh, speaking of racing. Last Thursday, you know, Wednesday was all-star race. We came in here and I was, you know, eyes wide shut over here. Couldn't, you know, couldn't make it through the show. I went home and they were re-airing the, the all-star race. Did you know DW made an appearance in the booth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he did the boogity boogity twice because he Way missed early. it. Way early. Yeah, he missed it the first time bad. Yeah, he said, <laughs> he said, let's go race him for a million dollars one more time, boys. Yeah. And I, yeah, Daryl's, that's probably why he's not in the booth. You know, I I miss Daryl though. I do because I that personality was really good. He, I mean, he always he was just good comic relief. But I would say, uh, and and my father in law and I talk about it pretty regular. I think he, the reason he's not in there is because he was so far away from what the cars are now that it just was really he couldn't relate so much. He was still very much the. You fix your own car and you find something that works and you buy all of those so nobody else can do it. Yeah. Well, that's really not NASCAR anymore. No. It's, it's here's this car. Let's see how how. Uh, let's just go with fortitude. How much fortitude you have to drive hard into the corner? Yeah, I could see that. I, it, you know, the other thing too is I think one of the reasons that maybe he's not up there as much it, or at all is because you have some you got other personalities coming in that I think you want to see and you want to hear more than him i tell you who i'd like to hear him more than jeff burton uh, yeah it's just his voice it's not necessarily what he's saying it just sounds like he's always up on here he's at nine thousand rpm the whole time I, and he just goes yeah. and goes and goes it doesn't bother me that much i just i it's hard because i compare a lot of what i'm hearing now like i like jeff gordon he does a good job oh yeah um, but I still compare a lot of what I'm hearing now to Ned Jarrett and Benny Parsons. Like that's that's my litmus test. If if what I'm hearing can get through, like what I remember from them, then I'm okay with it. And and Daryl never could. That was I, I that was always a comparison that I could never. And the the boogity boogity let's go racing I can't I, I don't hate, like I, it. No gosh no. See that's, that's the first couple damn. times it was all right, but after that I'm like oh, when does CBS take over? Because I can't wait. <laughs> See honestly, like I said, Jeff Burton just right up here. like that's that's all I can hear. That didn't him and yet and I don't know. I think he he doesn't let like because he'll just talk. And then it's like he starts talking before he really knows what he wants to say. Yeah. And so he just kind of circles circles around for a little bit and then finally goes, oh, that's what I meant, and kind of finishes it up. And Dale Jr. is just over going, whenever he's done, I'll say something. Because yeah. Dale Jr., if, if, I like anybody, Dale Jr. if anybody took the biggest jump from year one in the booth to year two in the booth, it's Dale Jr. Because when he first got in the booth, I was a little nervous because you could tell he was more interested in watching the race then he was saying anything about the race. And so he just kind of, man, he looks fast. Yeah. Oh, there they go. And, you know, that was the level of commentary you were getting. Steve Letart does a great job because he's a really smart, analytical kind of crew chief. He's like the modern-day Larry McReynolds, you know, without all the all the twang and stuff. But I like what he's able to do. He's like a, a – oh, what's what was that? Andy Petrie. 
Mm, you remember yeah, when he used yep. to do it? But he's a little bit more technical yeah. uh, than Andy, and, and I like what what he's able to do there. So him and and, and the the lead guy I can't remember his name right now, but the actual broadcaster guy, Steve Letart and Dale Earnhardt Jr. That's a trio. Like yeah. that's a really good thing. And Jeff Burton does a good job. The problem is, is Jeff Burton had. I'm going to go with fair success. And and here's the thing. He had fair success and wasn't popular. Dale Jr. had pretty decent success and was extremely popular. So his just draw is different for me. It's like it's like Kyle Petty. You know, I think Dale Jr. has the modern-day Kyle Petty effect. You know, he's he's the son of a great, and he was just extremely popular. Yeah. And, uh, and, and Jeff Burton that, just doesn't and fit Especially that in NASCAR, popularity has a lot to do with it. Well, I think, you know, people like to form their opinion around people they like. I mean, and that's kind of where I go from it. That's why if, if, if NBCSN was ever going to get me, because I honestly, that's so funny, because I'm so the opposite. I really like the Fox crew, and I really didn't like it when NBC <laughs> took it over. But uh, now that they've got Junior, it's a nice transition. Because honestly, uh, the the Fox Group, uh, I feel like uh, they need a little extra pep somewhere. I don't know what that looks like, but Burton has twenty one career victories. You, yeah, yeah, over like thirty seven years. <laughs> race till you can't race I anymore. Get, well, yeah, ask Ken Schrader; he still turns it out. Does he really? Yeah, they say he races like forty races a year. Oh my gosh! Like dirt, asphalt, the whole deal. No kidding. Yeah, he just. He's he's immortal, but anyway, we're we're totally not on the topic. Thirteen minutes in, uh, <laughs> Austin Dillon gets the win at Texas. Austin Dillon's career victories, I think it's his. And and the thing is, even the commentator said this. This is just his third career victory. Yeah, that blew my mind. I'm like, that's probably a little rude. But uh, his three wins right now: uh, Daytona 500, Coke 600, Texas. I just I felt like he had more. He did in the in the, I guess it was nationwide series when he was running in there. He was pretty electric in that series. But as, as since he's come up, he's no, he's 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 a top five guy. He's a top ten guy. Uh, but honestly, he's he's just not lived up to a three car kind of kind of excellence. But no, third just third victory, uh, first victory since becoming a dad. Uh, he's uh, you know his his logo's a sh- like a, a spade. Austin Dillon, AD with a spade. And uh, he just had a son maybe three weeks ago. I uh, named him Ace, which he better hope he's a little taller than Dad. Otherwise, they better get the Ventura stuff going because he's uh, – <laughs> I just feel like that's a, that's a double-edged sword naming your kid Ace. Yeah. Which we're a little removed. I mean, that's like a early, late 90s, early 2000s movie. So He, he may be trying to set him – because, you know, you got like Chase Elliott. You know, he has like a racer's name. Yeah. So, you know, Ace Dillon – that has a pretty good race ring to it, so he's either, setting it up. He could either be that or like a, a rodeo clown, because he's yeah. got the height for that. That's I'm true. Just, That's <laughs> every NASCAR driver's like four nine anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last really tall driver, and I'm like, is it Bill Elliott? Probably Michael Waltrip. Michael yeah, Waltrip. Yeah, Michael really Waltrip tall. was really tall. You're right. Um, he had to put a sunroof in his car so he could sit in it. Yeah. Well, that's just because his head's so big. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> and my, you know what? It is Michael Waltrip. He has to be the last tall guy. Yeah, yeah. Now, as far as like a, a real time driver, now remember Brad Doherty uh, did did a little bit of racing there. 
Uh, but he wasn't anything serious. And he was more of a car owner. But now dude was... (laughs) You're just looking up. That looks bad, doesn't it? On that light right there. Yeah, we might want to look at that. But anyway... Oh, wow, that does look bad. Anyway, yeah, maybe... It did rain last night. (laughs) You can tell. Victory. Uh, But anyway, Austin Dillon gets the win, uh, gets out of the car, and quickly uh, silences some critics and said, not too bad for a silver spoon kid. Warranted? uh, A little arrogant? Or maybe par for the course? You know, honestly, when he said it, it didn't even phase me because I don't know what he's talking about, so... Well, I mean, I I look at him as as he ain't in that ride if it's not for Granddaddy. Like, he's Richard Childress's grandson, and he's done nothing to me because he's just right place, right time. I mean, you look around the the, the – I liken him to, like, Paul Menard. You know what I'm saying? Like, Paul Menard can get it around there. A lot of times will bring you home a straight race car, but he's not, he's not going to challenge or know how to – you know, properly restart and do a lot of things like next level good to be a great race car driver. And so anyway, I just, I guess it's a little uh, three car bias. I just felt like there's better guys that could be in that car. Just quite honestly, 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 it, you know, I mean, honestly, he didn't do anything different than like Dale jr. Or Kyle Petty. I mean, they had an in through, Third. I don't know. Dale Jr. won two two nationwide championships back to back. Bush Series championships is what he won. You said he was electric and nationwide. Electric's not championship level. I mean, it gets your foot in the door, evidently. I'm just saying, I'd rather have Tyler Reddick. Did Kyle Petty car. win any Bush championships? Kyle Petty just had a really cool ponytail. And he had an in through his dad. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't really see a huge difference. I don't know. I mean, I could see the the parallels there where they say, yeah, you're only there because you're granddad. But at the same time, I mean. Pretty much everybody's just there because of their dad. I just don't have to like them, Jeff. No. I mean, I could care less. That's just how it is. I just was a little surprised that was only Honestly, like Ty Dillon better. And that's just because he doesn't drive for his granddaddy. (laughs) You know, he drives for Geico and I think he, who's he, Ganassi? Maybe. See, and and there's something to be said about that too. How does that work at Thanksgiving dinner? Why why did you help yeah. him? But yeah, because it sure ain't because he's a winner. I can tell you yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can tell you that, but right? It's probably because he look, he sells more t-shirts. Because he does have a little bit of a like a faux hawk thing going on. I wish they'd have just retired the three. Honestly, they should have. They should have, or done like they did with the eight. You know, Tyler Reddick, his looks like a Lego number eight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it look, it's the ugliest number eight ever, and it's just because Dale Junior's eight was so cool looking because it, it was, was just cool. a continuation of the three. It was. It was very like two cool. threes back to back. But anyway, anyway, we have fully uh, engulfed my haterism <laughs> of, uh, of of Austin Dillon, and Jeff tries to bring logic to the table, which is. Why would you do that? It's not going to work. But uh, Tyler Reddick does finish second. RCR finishes 1-2. I think that's huge for all all jokes aside. It's been been rough to watch. Like, if you look at 2000, who the top teams were, it was like RCR and DEI. Uh, That's who was great in the the early 2000s. And just quickly, 15, 20 years later, 
there's not a DEI anymore. It's Earnhardt Ganassi, and a lot of times they don't even throw the Earnhardt out there anymore mm-hmm. uh, because Earnhardt's basically just they're kind of like storage slash engine building for Ganassi somewhat. And uh, so, so really, that's out of the picture. And RCR for the ever since Kevin Harvick left, just quite frankly, has been limited. You're right, they, I mean, and that's that's true. They may look really good because I'm I'm not going to take anything away from that three car. It still is one of the best looking cars on the circuit because they've got Bass Pro because they've got some really good sponsors, but they've just not been really competitive. I mean, they've they've uh, you know they've had a cup of coffee with some some different drivers. I think Kurt Busch drove for them for a little while. Uh, then, then they've they've moved through Kevin Harvick. They've had uh, who was it? They they had somebody. It wasn't it wasn't Chris Busher, but I, it's it's that level. Like where they're decent, they're gonna they're gonna kind of get up there every now and again, but not be. Oh, Ryan uh, Ryan Newman, the Ryan Newman drew drove drew for him. Drew. He drove for him for a while, but anyway, they've not been like uber competitive. No, uh, lately. No. And so for them to finish one two, especially with the probably. The elder statesman in the in the clubhouse of, of Austin Dillon, but Tyler Reddick. To me, if uh, if I'm Hendrick Motorsports, I'm licking my chops because at the end of the season, I'm throwing everything I've got to try to get Tyler Reddick in that 48 instead of the eight. But uh, you know, I think that's going to be a really interesting discussion because Noah Gragson's in the Xfinity Series, really doing well, and uh, um, I think also Tyler Reddick's an RCR guy, and he's got a ride, so uh, you're going to have to take him away. So. I I like that RCR looks good, uh, but I think uh, again consistency is always going to be where the 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 decisions are made. Right, and so we'll see if if they can build off of this. But I just I don't know. It's it's kind of the whole Bubba Wallace after the All Star race, kind of running his trap, talking about his hair being messed up, and then now Austin Dillon just just basking a victory. Do your burnout, get your money, shoot the six shooters, take the trophy home. He gets out, and the first thing he says is not too bad for a Silver Spoon kid. And I'm just like, come on, man. Because, again, it's, I'm used to – I'm wanting it to get back, and it's not going that direction, but it doesn't make me not want it. Is I'm, I'm interested in the guys getting out talking trash. And that's that's not talking trash. That's petty talk. It's it's using their moment on their platform. I get. <laughs> and, and, and Lord knows they uh, – we don't get to say what that is, right? Yeah. I mean that's I that's where it's at. It's you you you've got the camera in front of your face. You've got the microphone in front of your face. So, well, and he and and, and to be fair, his little his little dipty do hairdo was kind of in his eyes. So <laughs> he, he he might not have known the camera's right there yet. But anyway, my my hate is is full blown. At this that's point. okay. But that's I love okay. the car. I love the car. The fact that he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't put the brake on. And it kept rolling down the track. It was just a side piece. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. He was like, it's going to roll back, but it'll be all right. But, hey, let's take us a break. Listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, let's see what Tennessee's going to do. They've got four options on the table and a contingency plan. We'll talk it all on the flip side of the break. You're listening to the Tuesday Grind. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM. 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. 
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Some dogs are bursting with energy and just aren't getting the nutrients they need. That's why Rule King recommends Diamond High Energy Sport Dog Food. This power-packed formula is filled with high-quality protein sources to provide the extra nutrition necessary to keep your dog in top condition during periods of performance. A 50-pound bag of high-energy sport from Diamond is just $24.99. You can get this price in-store only at your neighborhood Rural King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre, and we're grinding it out on a Tuesday edition. I'm just letting you know, um, I'm Googling the difference between Austin Dillon and Dell Jr. just to prove you wrong. I, you, uh, I mean, you <laughs> he can, said, ah, ah. but yeah. at the same time, I mean, there's other, like, I'm, do Kyle Petty. Well, but I don't really care for him. I'm okay oh, with Kyle Dillon being bad. Just to prove I'm a me full, wrong. I'm a full-blown hater. Like, I'm I'm okay. Like, it, it's not merit-based or, or data-driven. It's just uh, – Dale Jr.'s got 260 top tens. That's pretty impressive considering he's ra- – yeah, a third of his races he finished in the top ten. That is really good. That ain't bad. I mean, no. 26 wins. But I, I did say over the break when I was looking at Austin Dillon, you believe he's ran 10 years? That, like, I would have said, I would have said like a solid six. Like, I was right at like six. See, I just think I thought less than that. Like, now that's, again, that's saying that he's ran X number of races over 10 years. Now, does that count? I'm not sure. You know, Wikipedia is not necessarily the most descriptive sometimes. No. Uh, but it does say he's ran this many races over 10 years. So does that mean there was two years where he ran like two races 
in the Cup Series, you know, jumped up there mm. and, and took two rides. Uh, so maybe I don't know. That's a good question. Interesting. But anyway, uh, moving on to the to the scheduling deal, as, as the weeks and days kind of peel off, different states make decisions, uh, different conferences have made decisions, uh, the latest being that California uh, has decided to push, basically, they're pushing it out, and, and high school football and the fall sports uh, will be delayed uh, until uh, January. So they're at least going to push it out till then, and there's nothing saying that it's going to happen then. Virginia has done the same thing, delaying uh, until the spring. Um, a lot of college conferences have chosen to either do uh, conference only, i.e., uh, Pac-12, Big Ten, uh, those guys, but then also a couple conferences have decided to not do uh, not do football uh, this fall, and that's the SWAC, the Southwest Athletic Conference, and then the MEAC, the I think the Mid Eastern Athletic Conference. But mm-hmm. but those those at this point have have not affected Tennessee. It has affected some um, some. Um, SEC schools, I think Alabama and Auburn had a had some swack opponents as non conference opponents, and so that that of course has opened some of their dates up. Uh, but but I, I don't see that it's going to be very far uh, that Tennessee, as a state for high school level sports, is going to have to make a decision. I think tomorrow uh, is going to be a big decision toward that, and then I think the Southeastern Conference has to figure something out very soon. I think by the end of the month, I think by August first, you got to know what's going on. Because, oh, yeah. because ultimately, if things are going to go as planned, then then contact has to start right there at the end of July, first uh, of August. So, uh, right now, the board of controls for the TWSAA will meet tomorrow. Uh, the The thought was is yesterday and tomorrow was going to be a reclassification discussion because the 2020 uh, enrollment numbers we're going to use to drive reclassification next year. Uh, given the situation with online learning and what have you, that's probably not going to be good data. So I think they were going to discuss that. But late last night, it was released that tomorrow they're also going to vote on what they're calling a a 2020 fall contingency plan uh, for football. And what that looks like is it's it's what we've talked about in recent weeks about the four different options of basically adhering to the executive order of Governor Lee. Uh, and football games starting on September 18th with a variation of non-district games removed and also shortened uh, postseason play. Uh, but last night they threw a curveball at us, and, and it's all those same options. Again, recap, option one is seven-game TSSAA-dictated region games uh, with a normal playoff structure. Uh, it would be a 32-team playoff structure. Uh, the second option – is uh it is a eight game regular season again district play would be dictated by the TWSAA and then whatever is left you can fill with non district um and then there would be a sixteen team playoff so week one of the playoffs would turn into a regular season game um, option three is kind of even a farther cut to the playoffs it's a nine game regular season again district defined by TWSAA and then non or non district filled by each individual school but then only conference champions an eight team playoff uh, would hit the books and then option four is you play your normal uh, your normal schedule uh, again re reallocate some dates based on the the executive order but you play your regular season schedule no playoffs 
no championships. Yeah, I don't think I like that one. That one is only going to be good for teams that had very little option uh, to make the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, that that want ten games. Uh, that's that's the only one that 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 really would adhere to. But then the one that they rolled out last week or last night, and they actually did a YouTube video uh, to explain it and to go over it. And it was about eight minute video, and I, I I kind of appreciate it because if they would have sent it out on paper, I think everybody would have went. Oh, hmm. because I mean I'm even looking at it this morning going. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but but what it is is it's a it's a they're calling the. Uh, they're calling the, the, the kind of return to contact as an acclimatization period, a two-week acclimatization period, just saying, hey, we don't want to say, oh, you're good to go, start hitting. Like, go play on Friday night. Because you're going to end up with a lot of young kids with a lot of injuries that they wouldn't have had they had a fall camp, had they had a, a, a level of preseason, if you will. Right. So, so what they're doing is, is, is they're basically bracketing it off. If they haven't started contact practices by August 3rd, week one is affected. Uh, and, again, it's district only. If it's a non-region game, then it's just canceled. But if it's if it's a district game, i.e. Maryville, William Blunt is one of these, uh, then they'll reallocate uh, to another week, and you may or may not lose a, a non-district game out of this. Uh, in the case of Maryville, William Blunt, uh, they would move it from week one to week seven. Uh, William Blunt would lose their Elizabethan game. Maryville would lose the Fulton game. Uh, again, just that's that's the first of, of probably many adjustments uh, to this season. But if if the acclimatization period or the or the preseason has not uh, been completed by August the tenth, uh, then then week two's affected. Uh, and then moving on, uh, week three is the one that's kind of a little different. It says basically if it's not completed, if that acclimatization period is not completed by August seventeenth, basically week three's canceled. It'll be moved to another date, but there's no there's no quick alignment for week three. I don't know if that's because that's when everybody's playing district games and you really have to reshuffle the cards or uh, or what their dynamic is. But And, and then it just kind of goes from there. Like as weeks peel off, uh, then, then that's kind of where it's going to be. And, and I don't know that I don't know that that's the best route, but I do think that gives flexibility for things to get right uh, without just full-blown saying, you know what? Uh, we're going to choose contingency plan A or B, and we're just going to not play till September 18th because I think that throws everything into a into a spin. Because one, and this is what I've been saying the whole time, I'm like, how are you going to let these kids come back to school and be unguarded per se around all these kids in the hallways against all these kids in their classrooms because. You know as well as I do because, again, Tennessee won't put the foot down and say you need to wear a mask and you have to wear a mask. Um, it's it's a suggestion. So, I mean, it's going to be as good as they, they keep it, right? And and so what I'm saying is they're going to start school first of August, first week of August, well, the last day of, of July, but first of August. And so they're going to be in school with each other for, for a month and a half. Well, what's the difference? You know, if you're doing temp scan, if you're doing all the things, yeah, on Friday night you're going to sweat, but last year they sweat and they didn't have a temperature and they didn't have this COVID and we were smacking each other for 15 weeks. So so from what we were told, I think in the hallways and going to the bathroom and stuff, they have to wear a mask. Like it's mandated? To our knowledge, yeah. So I, 
and, and again, I'm getting the uh, I'm getting the elementary school version of this. Right. Uh, oh and, yeah, it's not been getting out very well. Well, and I think it's requested for elementary school, but again, they're they're a little bit more free spirits. You know what I'm saying? It's it's hard to manage that. But yeah, I would like to think I, I'm I'm in full enforcement of like mandate what you need to mandate to fix this because at this rate the the slight request is not getting it done and so i'm i, I just think i i just think it's interesting that that they're in the hallways they're in well so there so that there's another side to that too and there is i have to go to school if i don't i'm truant i don't have to play football well, i don't know they keep they keep lifting different different guidelines like you know you don't have to take a test you don't have to do all this stuff so i'm like are you i'm uh it's kind of the wfh working from home yeah you could uh you could kind of say oh i'm i'm uh i'm working from home today i'm gonna do my Which, school work but from home it would it's still there's some sort of learning that's required right whether it's home virtual or in the classroom there is no level of football that's required it's according to where you play <laughs> i'm just kidding yeah i'm just well kidding. but so and to me so if that's but in the same breath there's a problem. So yes, football's a choice, but I choose to play. Well, then it's the school's responsibility to make sure I'm safe. And so at that point, it sounds like they're really trying to weigh the decision of, do I want that that responsibility? Mm. And so, I think that's where the, the the problems coming in is they're trying to weigh that option. So, I'm just trying to I'm trying to benchmark off what everybody else is doing, right? And granted, I know at the high school level you can't test everybody. You physically COVID nineteen yeah. test everybody, but you have options, right? You have temp scan. You have any kind of those questionnaires that we've been dealing with for for a long time now. Uh, you've got ways to kind of understand what is real condition, and then you know what? If somebody spikes a temp, then that player can't play. Uh, and, and then maybe that's what gets them tested, and and so there's protocol I think that can be followed. I just it's interesting, and I understand the necessity to go to school, but it wasn't a necessity in in the spring. Cause yeah. Because I got my crash course in 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 first grade education. Well, so but it wasn't a necessity to go, but you still had to do some type of learning, and so that so, option is still there. So maybe we create. I, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. We create a video game, online high school football. There you go, and just jam it out. I think we should. Well, yeah, it's it's clear, it's it's clean. So we're not going to call it Madden. What are we going to call? Who it? could we call? It? I mean, there's only I don't know. I don't know. That's a good. That's a that's a. We need good we need topic. to come up with like at a the next break. Year, yeah, hero. A what? A regional hero. A re- I thought you said a regional euro. I was like, we're that not too. in. I'm like, sure. we're not in that region. Our high school football game is going international. Yeah, right. <laughs> American football, international football. But football. Uh, <laughs> oh lord. But I, I like I said, I just I, I I feel like if they're going back, if they're in in class school, and I understand the mandates, but I, I'm just like. At that rate, I don't know what you're gaining by delaying till September 18th. Like I feel like it's an all or nothing. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, and and, and the thing is, I mean, they they just don't know. And honestly, I, I would just just try it and see what happens. I don't I don't envy them. I'll no, just be quite honest no. with you. I don't sit here and go, well, if I was in there, I would do this. I've got an opinion, but I also don't have all the facts. No, so I mean, they know way more than we do. They know way more financially what they're looking at. 
I'm sure somebody's probably said, make me a budget for the school year with no football. And I'm sure nobody likes it. Yeah, it's probably not a very attractive no. thing. No, uh, not for any not for any school because again at the high school level I look at it and 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 there's just a lot of revenue that's made for a lot of different people. Oh yeah, like uh, so. Anyway, uh, I I just it, it's and I guess my stance on it is is it, it's kind of that whole deal. It's what we talked about off air, and I've you know I've I have not been COVID nineteen tested. I'll just put that out there. But I've had no symptoms of being COVID-19 tested. And somebody said, well, you should go get tested. And I'm like, I know COVID's been there. And I know COVID's not at my house. Yes. So I'm not going to a place that I know COVID is. Right. And so anyway, I kind of look at that similarly to extended exposure at high school. Right. So the regular season is supposed to start August 21st. They have they have a plan or an op- option just kick it out till September the 18th. I'm like, so the only thing you're really gaining there is more opportunities to foul this up. You know what I'm saying? Because if I if I drive, let's just say, I'm trying to think um, uh, of a good good analogy of like something that you know nine times out of ten or 99 out of a hundred you're not gonna hit, but then you go by it the wrong way one time and it gets you. So it's kind of like exposure, continued exposure. Um, Jason Ward sent me a text that said, who monitors the temps? Uh, both teams' trainers pre- present uh, while temps are taken. I know a 100-degree temp isn't going to stop players from playing in state championship games. Well, and, and, and there's some truth there. I, I think it's when are you going to take the temperature because, I mean, we've seen it work. If you come if, in after yep. lunch, you're, you're a little warm. Yeah. So I think that, that dynamic, it's got to be – I don't know if it's taken indoors in, in kind of a field house type situation. Kind of a – you remember back in the day the jamboree type setup mm-hmm. where you wait for an hour to get your weight taken for like 10 seconds? Yeah. Uh, you just do that. That's a great question. I mean, because, I mean, we, I, people are getting flagged just for walking in from outside, and here's the kicker. You're going to be outside already. Well, and you're going to be in full gear. Full gear. I mean, you're going to be – in. That's going to be tough. Have coaches laying ice packs on foreheads and temples. Be like, he's going to pass. He's going to pass. He's going yeah. to pass. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of tongue in cheek in it, but because I, I think it's that, it's that uh, foolproof. I mean, I, I just think there's a lot of loopholes in this. There's a lot of, there's a lot of spaghetti noodles out there that really don't have a lot of, lot of rigidity. But I think a decision's got to be made. Did and they, I, did they mention? With that new plan where if week one doesn't work, it rolls into week two and da 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 Well, see, that's the thing. It doesn't necessarily just roll out. It's 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 like a reshuffle. And then if this doesn't happen, reshuffle. Do they have a drop-dead date? Like, can they reshuffle week after week after week well, after week? Well, they only went through week three, I believe, or week four. And then we're into March of next year and we're still reshuffling. Well, I mean, I don't. I think people's okay with that. <laughs> you know, I, I think people's fine as long as we have football. But I do think that there's some there's some merit in having a semblance of normal football mm-hmm. uh, in the fact that it's not, well, who are you playing next week? I don't know. On Wednesday, I was playing this team, and then something happened, and we reshuffled again. And so I, I feel like there has to be some level of, you know, and I don't mean to be rude, but damn the torpedoes full speed ahead. I and mean, that's just, that's kind of where I was was where I was at earlier. Was I'm thinking, you know what? Just, just do a plan, stick to it, and and don't change it until you have a reason to change it. Oh yeah, you and, know, and that's okay if it's overly conservative. 
Yeah. You know, if they want to stick to this, in my book, I don't like the the every week. I don't like the every week switchy. Okay. Here we go. Five on five football. Ready? Five on five. Yeah. Five on five. You got one receiver on one side, one receiver on the other side. You got a center. You always play from shotgun, and your your uh, your running back is out on a sidecar. Everybody is six feet away from each other. Yeah, see, I've already found a, a problem with it. What? Who wipes the ball off in between every play? You wear gloves. Every, oh. Wear gloves. You got to cover your face because if you rub your nose, it's over. Mm. See, it's just difficult. Yeah. It's just hard to get this through, get this right. But you know what? And that's why they make the decision and we just get to talk about <laughs> it. I mean, I feel like we're on the better end of the stick here. But you know what? We're going to find out tomorrow uh, what the, the contingency plan is. Uh, unfortunately, they're still leaving it on the table for real-time August 21st kickoff. And if that happens, I'm not opposed to it. I just think it's one of those how are we going to manage and then how do we come out of it. Every sport across the country now has that is that's coming back, NHL, Major League Baseball, basketball, and, and even to early, early levels, the NFL, they're starting to put together plans. So I don't think they're reinventing the wheel on whatever they do. But there needs to be testing protocol as far as even if it's temperature testing and then what happens when somebody gets a gets a positive. Who's affected, who's held out, and then what, what causes a stoppage. Mm-hmm. And, and I think once you get those things lined out, then dates are just that. They're monetary. We can move that. But I think uh, it's how what's going to happen, how we test, and how do we respond. Those are the things that's got to get lined out. And unfortunately, I'm not 100% sure that's what's going to be talked about tomorrow. Who knows? But whatever they do talk about, we'll talk about it on Thursday. There you go. But, hey, we're going to take our last break of the day. Listen to these great sponsors. When we come back, 46 days till it's football time in Tennessee. Raynock Thompson, Johnny Chavis, just a few to name. We'll be back in just a minute. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. 2020 has been anything but predictable, but there is one thing we can count on. Football will be back. Blunt Broadcasting is proud to remain the radio home for two of Tennessee's most successful high school football programs, Maribel High School and Alcoa High School. Each team looks to repeat as state champions, and your support is needed to get these great programs off and running here in 2020. So, if you or your business would like to support these great student-athletes and great coaches, then help Blunt Broadcasting get their games on the radio. Give us a call and let WGAP and WKVL Radio get working for you. Give us a call at 865-724-1100. That's 865-724-1100. Or shoot us an email at info at wkvl.com. Let's work together to get your great business and these local high schools the exposure they have earned and deserve. 
Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work? Or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In response to the COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak, and in what the Blunt Partnership sees is the best interest of its visitors, employees, and community. Taste of Blunt, slated for September 10th in Maryville. The Townsend Fall Festival, scheduled for September 25th and 26th at the Townsend Visitor Center. And the Best of Blunt Awards, booked in October, are canceled. The events will not be rescheduled in 2020. These fall events are cherished productions that the community looks forward to annually. But the current environment is not conducive to holding large events where physical distancing is difficult. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online thegrindonsports.com that's thegrindonsports.com Hunters and wildlife biologists have turned to Moultrie game cameras to enhance their outdoor scouting needs, and outdoor enthusiasts turn to Rule King for the lowest prices every day. This week's Rudy Special is a W300 game camera kit or a D300 game camera kit, normally $79.99, now just $39.99 each. This is while supplies last. Check out your outdoor and hunting headquarters at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we disagree through another hour of sports. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Jeff, man, it's been a really good show. I, I've told you, I love it when we don't agree. That's good radio. Yeah, it has Like I been. feel like if everybody's like, yep, yep. Like that kind of doesn't get it. I'm, I'm going to like all caps today's show on Facebook. I'm going to be like, listen to Jeff. Be wrong. No, I'm just kidding. Be wrong. I'm just kidding. Kyle Petty disagrees. Yeah, yeah. So does Austin Dillon. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, anyway, 46 days until it's football time in Tennessee. 46, Jeff. That's that's like a month and a half. I'm I'm loving it. Like, I hope. Like, here's the deal. Like, that's the thing that, like, tomorrow could change. My countdown could be different uh, in (laughs) in about a week or so. And I know that's, that's weighing heavy on their mind. Is how we're going to affect the grinds countdown. But, it should be. Well, I mean, it, it should be. It's it's on the table. 
it's an asterisk moment. But anyway, uh, number 46 is one that, that uh, a lot of people can think of, of several different players uh, that would wear that, especially for the Vols. Raynock Thompson, like I said, John Chavis. Uh, Raynock Thompson's the guy that, that comes to mind for me. Uh, number 46 on the national championship team, 97 through 99. Uh, he dominated the defensive side uh, while he was at Tennessee. He was an All-American uh, his senior season. Uh, the year after uh, the national championship, Raynock Thompson followed his 10 tackles for loss in 98 by leading the Vols with 87 tackles in 99 and seven for loss and three interceptions. He was one of four finalists for the Butkus Award and played in the Dell Champs Senior Bowl. The stout tackler started in every game he played on the hill, 36 in his career. Do you, do you remember much about Raynock Thompson? I just remember John Ward's way of saying. I, I remember his Thompson. name, I, and that's because the name stands out to me. Like I haven't known a person before or since named Raynock, and I'll be honest, they'd have a hard time living up to to that kind of aggression. Yeah, and and he was just a stud. I mean, at that linebacker position, he was one of those guys that just kind of waited in the in the weeds, if you will, and then just struck whenever the opportunity presented itself. And I I just remember John Ward would like come unglued for Ray Knock Thompson. Ray Knock Thompson. And it's just it's one of those names that he just he made it have four syllables whether it needed it or not. And that might be why I remember it so well too. <laughs> but uh I loved I loved what Ray Knock was able to do. And like I said, just pin up aggression. Uh when you saw him coming across with the four and the six and that Adidas logo, it, somebody was about to pay. Yeah. It was going to be bad shape. And and between him, Al Wilson and the likes thereof, I mean it was a it was a seven-year, eight-year span to where you just didn't want to – it was almost you were like, I'd rather get tackled by the defensive lineman because <laughs> I'm not interested in getting to that second level. But a Buckus Award finalist, uh, uh, Mr. Raynock Thompson. Channing Fugit, uh, he was he was a, a, a player just a few years ago, asked why he wore the number 46. He said, I would wear it because it's the number they gave me, uh, and I'm proud to be a volunteer. Um, so many of those guys uh, that just – they didn't have a number they were hooked to, or the one that they were wasn't available, so they just get what they get. And uh, but but I think you make a story around whatever number uh, you have at Tennessee. But if you look at all time forty sixes at Tennessee, Douglas Hereford was the first one to wear it in thirty seven. Clay Whitehead thirty eight. Elwood Powers thirty nine and forty. Denver Crawford nineteen forty two. Warren Dixon nineteen forty four. Denver Crawford. 46 and 47. Looks like he uh, took a little hiatus, probably around World War II. Uh, Dave Markloff, 49 and 50. John Tex Davis, 51 and 52. He just sounds like a tough dude. Tex. Uh, Tommy Hall, 1964. Manly Mixon, 68, 9 and 70. David Polly, uh, 72, 3 and 4. Lionel Stewart, 75. Robert Malone, 1976. Johnny Chavis, 1977 and 8. Johnny Williams, 81, 2 and 3. Jesse Messimer, 1985 and 6. Stanley Jones, 87. Eric Reifer, 88, 9, 90 and 91. John Emery, 93 through 95. Jeremy Fitzgerald, 96. Raynock Thompson, 97 through 99. Andrew Crosley, 2003. Carlton Neal, 2001 through 2004. Uh, Andre Mathis, uh, 2006 through 2009, and Channing Fugit, 2010 through 2011. There currently is not a 46 on this year's uh, volunteer team. It actually goes from 44 all the way to 48. 
Just kind of a, really? a weird gap, yeah. But uh, 46 is a good number just because I remember Ray Knock. I remember Channing Fugit. He was one of those guys that uh, he was in part of a couple of those trick plays. I think Alex Ellis wore number 46 uh, that had that big trick play. Trick, trick kick. That is a hard little phrase to say. But uh, anyway, 46 is a strong number. Uh, there's some guys outside of the, the Tennessee ranks that wore 46, right? Um, yeah. Sure so. enough. Lee Smith, I don't know anything about him. I don't Played know. baseball. Uh, Todd Christensen, another one uh, I don't know anything about. But then there's Andy Pettit. I know Andy. I know Andy, Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was a Yankee. Yeah. So most people probably don't like Andy Pettit, but uh, nonetheless, I, he uh, he was one of the guys that had the uh, the uh, pickoff at first, like down to an art. Really? Yeah, because he was kind of a he he was kind of a lefty, and so they mm. always have that. It's not such a turn and go for them, so you can kind of wind up and come and go. And yeah, he they they said in the in the there was a Yankees Red Sox documentary that said they just decided not to run when Andy was on the mound. No kidding, because it was just that critical of a deal because he could pick you off. I just I wish I would see more often the whole like all right everybody come to the mound. Okay, cool, we're gonna talk, look like we're talking, and then here's the ball first baseman, and then you just walk off, and then when he takes that lead, just tag. Is that legal? I don't know. I wish it would happen more often, though. It's I, in, in the movies, it's legal. I just feel like it's illegal because they would do it more often. I don't know. I don't know. Or well, you could what have would two make baseballs. it illegal? What would make it illegal? I don't know. I wondered about that too. We shall investigate. Jason, tell us. Yeah, Jason, tell you, us you what's know wrong why. with it. Oh, tell no, he's at work now. Oh, dang it. He's at work now. Yeah, work. <laughs> work. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but forty-six. So there's a few other sports, and I think we're going to get into that. As we get a little closer, we're going to start having, you know, a lot more NFL players that wore 34 or in the 30s. I said 34 just because that's a number that come to mind. But in the 30s, uh, in the 20s, and then it's just going to explode when we get in the teens because oh, just yeah. everybody, everybody has a one-something number, uh, whether that's Peyton, whether that's Patrick Mahomes, whether that's, uh, you know, any any number of great players. So uh, excited about what, what the countdown could look like if it continues to go on. I think over the next coming days, that's uh, that's definitely up in the air. But with about two minutes to go, 1946, uh, we're getting back there. Uh, again, uh, just post-Civil War days, and really uh, a lot of a lot of things are just starting to get going. Uh, talk about All-American Football Conference began uh, their play in 1946. The Cleveland Browns uh, win the championship of the All-American Football Conference by beating the New York Yankees 14-9. Well, I I told Laura that, and she goes, "Well, they're a baseball team," <laughs> and I was like, "Well, <laughs> I was like, well, maybe not in those days." The Chicago Bears won the NFL championship by defeating the New York Giants twenty-four to fourteen in New York, and then Notre Dame became the national football champion. I don't know that that surprises me. They they may not have played that year. They just claimed it. They just said, "Hey, we're we're the we're the stuff this year." CBS would agree with them. Well, yeah, if you don't if you don't hear the bias in my voice, listen harder. <laughs> uh, in 1946, the Hall of Fame election became a thing. The writers vote uh, against fails to select an inductee. Uh, despite a newly revamped voting process, voting again favored earlier candidates from the 1900s, 1910s, but none was able to gain the 75% vote. You talk about a hung jury, that's tough. When you can't you you can't vote for one single player and get one to pass. That, that's 
less Somebody's than not ideal. Lobbying, right? Yeah, less than ideal. World Series saw the St. Louis Cardinals defeat the Boston Red Sox four games to three. Uh, and then in the basketball championship, the NBL, the National Basketball League, you saw the uh, Rochester Royals uh, win three games to none over the Sheboygan Redskins. Maybe a T-shirt I'm going to look for. Sheboygan. The Sheboygan Redskins. Nonetheless, we've we've ground through another Tuesday. Uh, If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care. Be safe. And, yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it.